you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 245 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's fall to 0-6 on the season, matching the franchise record for worst start in franchise history. Take that, 1916 Philadelphia A's. We see you. You were worse. We're going to prove it here today. Also, coming up on the show, we I'm going through uh, yesterday's game. It was not fun. Clayton Kershaw was Clayton Kershaw, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm going to update you on some injury news because uh, it is sweeping through the clubhouse at this point, and I'm also going to rant about the the umpiring crew after last night's home run debacle. It is a jam-packed episode. Hopefully I have enough time. We will find out. Uh, before I get going, though, please follow us on social media at Lactanes on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. If you have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, uh, before I get started, Melissa Lockard of The Athletic, she is joining the show. She is the A's prospect hound. She is fantastic at what she does. I talked to her on Friday. I'm posting it on Thursday and Friday. Friday. I mentioned it at the end of yesterday's show. She's going to be uh, on the show Thursday and Friday for uh, a couple of segments. So uh, in those days, I'll be going over the game and then throwing it to Melissa talking about minor league baseball. And on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about the new minor league rules and expectations for the level of play in the minor leagues. So make sure to tune in for that one. Uh, if you don't already, follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. And uh, so with that, let's get into last night's game. The A's fell to the Dodgers 5-1, to one, but... But there's a huge but here. One, it looked like a baseball game, so that was nice. And two, they led the game one to nothing for about 10 minutes. And what a glorious 10 minutes that was. It was so much fun. And then those 10 minutes were over and the Dodgers had tied the game. And then in the third inning, Chris Bassett uh, struggled a little bit. He gave up a two-run homer to Max Muncy and then a follow-up back-to-back shot for Edwin Rios. That made the game 4-1 to one, and it looked like we were on our way to another very depressing game. The A stayed in it though, because entering the fourth, Chris Bassett was already starting his third time through the order, which is not great. And so for him to make it through six innings total was no small feat. He had to basically not allow anything. And he, he basically didn't. He gave up two singles, one of which was wiped out on an inning-ending double play. So getting through six innings was huge because he may not have gotten the win, but being able to rebound in this game and not need the bullpen to go another four or five innings, especially with the injuries mounting, uh, that is a giant step in the right direction for the club. So getting six innings out of Bassett, even though he wasn't on his best, he said uh, post-game he had no control. He could not locate any pitches, and he got through six innings, gave up four runs. That's not bad. I will take that from Chris Bassett when he has no stuff, especially against the defending world champions. 
Good job on Chris Bassett. Clap, clap, clap on him. His final line was six innings pitched, nine hits, four runs. He walked one. He struck out four. Not great, but he did keep the A's in the game, and it felt like a baseball game, and that's the first time we can say that in six tries, so that was great. He was also facing Clayton Kershaw, who allowed a double to Jed Lowry with one out in the first, and then Ramon Laureano in his first game action since Friday night when he's jammed his thumb uh, sliding into first base. He doubled him home, so... Three batters in the A's had a lead. It was a lot of fun. It looked like uh, some things might be happening. But from there on, Kershaw went full beast mode on the A's. And, uh, you know, that's that's what he does. He's Clayton freaking Kershaw. Uh, he went six in those next six innings. He allowed uh, a single and a double. He didn't walk anybody and he struck out five. So his final line was seven innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, and eight Ks. The only run given up by either bullpen was a Mookie Bet solo homer in the ninth off of Jordan Weems. He just called up. I'll be going over all of the injury news here in a minute, so uh, stay tuned for that, I guess, if you like sadness. <laughs> also, Lou Trevino threw eight pitches and struck out one, so he should be available in a close game on Wednesday. He's emerging as one of the better options right now. So you want to save him along with like Sergio Romo and uh, Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman better pitch on Wednesday because that dude has had some time off. And I think that he's ready for a tune-up. And speaking of Wednesday's game, the Dodgers are going to be throwing Trevor Bauer up against Jesus Luzardo. And Bauer was nasty in his first start in Colorado. He no-hit the Rockies for the first six innings. And the way that the A's have been swinging the bats, it could be a very long afternoon. But... Also, Trevor Bauer did kind of implode a little bit in the seventh inning, and the Rocks ended up hitting four home runs in that seventh inning. He didn't give up all of them. He gave up four runs. He did not give up all four home runs. Uh, the bullpen gave up a couple of those, I believe. So with today's game being at 1230, maybe the good swings that the A's have been getting, driving balls off the wall a couple of times a game, will turn into home runs with the warmer weather. That is the hope, at least. I mean, you got to be hopeful of something, and hopefully warmer weather will turn all these doubles off the wall into four baggers, if you will. But getting back to how the A's have been, uh, which is not great, they're they're 0-6 right now. Uh, They're all of the games behind the Astros atop the division, but I do want to mention something that I was tipped off to on Twitter, um, and that is from uh, at Real Ryan Messick, uh, new follower, don't know a lot about him, but he was onto something here, and he said uh, that the A's had a, a terrible losing streak at the end of uh, April in 2019, so I looked it up on Baseball Reference, and in 2019, the A's went 1-8 for a stretch at the end of April and going into May, and that came against the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Pirates. I believe all three of those were on the road, and you may not recall, by the end of the season, the, the 2019 season, the A's uh, were really good. I'll get into that here in a second, but uh, those three teams, the Jays, Red Sox, and Pirates, uh, two of those were 60-win teams, and one of them was a couple of games above 500, so not great competition in 2019 standards. But those three teams combined to score 49 runs in those nine games while the A's put up 36. And I know that that run differential is a lot closer than the A's current negative nine or 37. Sorry, <laughs> I got ahead of myself. I almost said 90. Uh, they have a negative 37 run differential through six games. So obviously per game basis, much worse for the A's currently. But if you take out the A's lone win from that stretch, when they went one and eight against the Jays, Red Sox and Pirates, uh, when they beat the Pirates 14 to one, then that run differential is 48 to 22 or 26 runs, which is a little closer. I know again, more games played and all that stuff, but the A's have done something similar with a lot of these same players that they have on the roster right now. 
again, it wasn't nearly as bad in 2019, and they had already, you know, accumulated some wins. They had like a dozen wins by this point. But uh, I just wanted to point out that they had a really rough streak at some point in 2019 when they went on to win 97 games. And uh, I thought that that was worth mentioning. So hopefully a couple of weeks from now when the A's are, you know, battling to get to 500, we can look back to this point in the season and be like, oh, yeah, may maybe the worst is behind us. Maybe it's all, you know, sunshine and rainbows right now. And as Chris Bassett told reporters after the game, he said, quote, it's six games in a six-month season. I think it's more so just embarrassing. It's not so much a panic long-term, it's just embarrassing right now, and, uh, end quote. Um, I think that that's kind of the right mindset to have. That gives me a little bit of hope that these guys are, you know, Bob Melvin has said that he has talked to the guys and he, he said stuff. He did not say what he has said, but he does not look like he's having fun right now. And he shouldn't because it's not. Um, so I just wanted to end this segment on that quote because I think that that's kind of the right mindset. I don't think that these guys are too down, which is kind of what you want if they're going to rebound at some point this season. So uh, anyways, coming up on the show, I'm going to be going over some of the injury news because there's a lot to get to on that front. I'm also going to make a joke about Jed Lowry. And then a little bit later, I'm talking about the umpires. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right. We are talking about Built Bar, my friends. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors like coconut almond, raspberry. Raspberry is delicious. You should definitely try raspberry. If you get a mixed box, uh, it depends on how you go. If you want to have the, the great one first, go for raspberry. If you want to save it for later, I mean, good luck. It's going to be staring at you in that box. It is delicious. Eat that one first. Save yourself the trouble. Do delayed gratification for like coconut if you want to. But raspberry, that's 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 your moneymaker right there. Also, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all of their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. All you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious bars is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to follow us wherever you like hearing podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I got an email today, have not responded. I was going to try and work it into the episode, but then things happened and I had too much time to talk about. So I'll probably email you back uh, if, if I have not already. I will email you back sir. Uh, thank you for your question about Puck and uh, where he fits in. So I will either address it on the show or I will email you directly. And I apologize for not getting back to you sooner. But anyways, let's get into the injury news from Tuesday. I sound way too excited to talk about a bunch of IL stints, but let's get into it. Uh, the day started with Ramin Goudouan and Bert Smith being placed on the IL and the A's calling up Seth Brown and Jordan Weems. If you remember the IL news from Monday, <laughs> because there's always IL news for the A's, uh, when Pender got put on the shelf, AJ Puck was uh, the one that got the call to Oakland. And so effectively, 
effectively, the call-up of Brown and Weems balances out the roster with 13 pitchers and 13 position players because they had already, you know, swapped one. So now they're just swapping back. And, you know, it's like math where you got what, what you do to one side, you got to do to the other. And that's what they did with this set of moves. So, uh, Let's get into the injuries, I guess. Burt Smith has a groin strain, and it's sounding like he could be out for a while. Raymond Goudouin has a thumb injury, and he was not given a, a timetable. Uh, that leads me to believe that it's not a serious thumb injury, and that he could return, uh, theoretically, when his 10 days is up, or 15. I, what is it now? Is it 10 or 15? Anyways, let's move on. Um, his return to Oakland, for me, could be determined more so by how the bullpen is doing uh, without him than by his own health because he did not impress uh, anybody in his three games with the A's. So I think that however the bullpen performs, if he's ready in 10 or 15 days, whichever one it is, then maybe he gets a call if, you know, Jordan Weems is struggling. But maybe the A's have seen enough. The, the tricky part with Raheem Goudouin is uh, if he does get taken off, if he does, you know, not get called back up any once he's healthy, then they have to option him down, but they don't have any options. So they, they would have to DFA him and he would have to clear waivers and then they would risk losing him and he would not be in the, his organization potentially. And in a season like this, when you don't know how many innings you got out of guys coming off the COVID shortened season, uh, maybe you got to keep him around for a little bit longer and get a few more innings out of him because that could end up saving somebody else's arm long-term because they're not getting worked as much as they would have been. So there's a lot more at play with Ramin Goodwan than struggling for three outings. It's he could not be in the organization and do the A's have enough depth in the bullpen? That's the bigger question right there. So something to keep in mind next time you're shouting for Ramin Goodwan to just go away. Um, anyways, uh, Matt Olson sat out of Tuesday's game because of a left knee contusion and reports are saying that he should be back in a day or two. And uh, with the way that Mitch Moreland played first base on Tuesday, it feels like first base is actually a position that they may have covered fairly well, at least defensively, because he made a couple of run-saving plays in the field early in the game when Chris Vassell was on the mound, and uh, that gave me some hope for this game. It was misplaced hope because the A's lost, but Mitch Moreland looked pretty good over there. But the big blow injury-wise that the A's got on Tuesday was regarding closer Trevor Rosenthal, who went to see thoracic outlet specialist Dr. Pearl in Texas yesterday. Uh, the A's are still awaiting results, but if he needs surgery for thoracic out outlet syndrome, then he could be out three to four months, which is August-ish. And obviously, we are wishing him a speedy return onto the field because he is a big part of why we are optimistic for the 2021 season. But from a baseball and front office perspective, if the A's continue playing like they have been and become sellers at the deadline, they're going to be looking to move pieces that are on one-year deals at the very least, if not bigger pieces like a Matt Chapman. So uh, if he is not on the field until August, then he's not really a valuable trade piece either. So uh, it, it hurts the A's in a couple of different regards where he might not help them on the field and he might not help them longer term. So that stinks. But I mean, his health is the most important thing here. So uh, well wishes to Trevor Rosenthal. Hopefully we see in green and gold sooner rather than later. Uh, so hopefully the A's start winning and he becomes like Gandalf in Return of the King in August and leads the A's bullpen to the postseason. That's what I want to see. Uh, if you're good at Photoshop, please make that and send it to me because I would love to put that on social media and have lots of fun with Trevor Rosenthal being Gandalf the White. <laughs> you know, on the horse on top of that hill. Uh, great, great times. Or was that? Oh, shit. Was that not Return of the King? I think that might have been uh, Two Towers. 
I think that was two towers. Yeah, it was definitely two towers. Anyways, so yeah, uh, that picture, if you know what I'm talking about, make that for me, send it to me, and I will definitely give you credit. <laughs> but moving on, according to Martin Gallegos, Chad Pinder is eligible to return from the IL on April 15th. Now, I'm not positive if he's saying that he will be back on April 15th because he says basically how the injury happened and then when he can return, but not but not if he can return then. So I'm a little bit unclear on necessarily when he will be back in the lineup, but uh, he's eligible to come back on April 15th. So that's something. Um, Mike Fires, who has been dealing with a lumbar strain, tossed three innings at the alt site, and he's expecting to go out there a couple more times before making his return to Oakland towards the end of the month. Um, I believe that this outing was on Monday because I think they play Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, but... uh, there's so much baseball news, and I don't write things down. It, it's a bad habit of mine. I just try to remember everything, and I do a decent job. Um, so anyways, with all of these injuries, does anyone else find it odd that Jed Lowry is the one that is still healthy? Mets fans are always flooding the mentions of the A's beat reporters whenever they mention Lowry because he basically missed the last two seasons. And here I was, I, I'd been thinking that the A's had some sort of Jed Lowry fountain of youth. I mean, he's been crushing the ball. Just last night, he went two for four with a double and had exit velocities of 98 and a half, 105.3, 101.8, 99.8. And given all of this injury news, I'm starting to think that Jed Lowry is a vampire. You're telling me, you're telling me. Matt Olson is day-to-day, and two relievers go on the IL, and then that same day, Jed Lowry just so happens to crush the ball? I don't think so. There is something going on here, you guys, and I just want you to know that if I don't post an episode every Monday through Friday for eternity, I was taken. Look for me. I'm out there. I was taken. Anyways, coming up on the show, I have some words for the umpiring crew in Oakland, so stay locked into it. Locked on is, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Right now, you got the NBA and NHL. They're in full swing. They have prop bets on really cool things like, hey, is Jed Lowry a vampire? Um, Place a bet bet online and find out. If I get taken, the odds will not be in your favor or mine. BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Just head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who is destroying me in fantasy baseball right now. He uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. He's beaten me to two. You should really follow whatever he says because... I didn't look at his team and think that it was that good. Apparently, he knows what he's doing. So go follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. And, uh, you know, go win your league. Also, welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying this show, make sure to follow it wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating and a review if you do, please. We like to have fun here, especially if the A's are going to be terrible. It's going to get goofy. So this is probably going to be the place you want to be for A's coverage. So welcome aboard. Hop on the train. It's going to be a good time, you guys. Even if the A's are good, 
it's going to be a good time. I like having fun. And hopefully uh, that translates through this little microphone that I got. Um, also, make sure to follow the show at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So in the third segment, I usually like to talk about the A's next opponent during this part of the show. Uh, it is a new feature because we just went to three segments just a couple of months ago and we have not had games. So, uh, I will take this time to say that the Astros beat the Angels 4-2. That's the A's next opponent. They got the Astros. Mike Trout hit a two-run shot with Otani on second after he stole the base. What can't Shohei Otani do? He is amazing. And as that ball was going over his head, Shohei Otani waved goodbye to the baseball. This guy is a national treasure, and I think I love him. <laughs> but the Astros did end up winning the game. Kyle Tucker and Aledmus Diaz went back to back to tie the game in the second inning. And then the game was two to two until the top of the ninth when Carlos Correa hit a two run shot off of new Angels closer, Rysel Iglesias. So uh, Granke pitched well. Dylan Bundy, I almost said Ted Bundy, Dylan Bundy pitched well. Uh, so that that's the recap right there for you guys. Boom, the Astros still kind of good. Now let's talk about umpires. Steven Piscotty's quote-unquote home run was definitely foul. That is uh, No arguing that point. It took five seconds for an umpire review. How often does that happen? It was very clear, and it looked like that was the case on TV. According to the radio broadcast, it was definitely the case. I like to have the radio broadcast in because it's like, 20 seconds ahead of the TV feed. So I do both. And then I see the visual afterwards, but they were very befuddled as to what the hell was going on. And I don't think that anybody thought that it was fair, except for maybe Stephen Piscotty, who said post game that he swears he saw third base umpire, Brian Gorman signal fair. So that is what I'm talking about here. Not whether that ball is fair or foul, because it was not fair, but Brian Gorman, crappy umpire. Let's get into it. He never signaled fair or foul on any replay that I could see. And the A's radio booth called it foul. And they were really perplexed when Piscotti was rounding the bases, but also never saw a signal from Gorman. So I don't think that he ever made a call on the field. First off, if you're an umpire in a game, you can't just zone out like that. It looked like it was like, oh crap, I need to do something right here. Oh no. Uh, these teams are out there trying. The A's have had no luck so far, and they are struggling really bad. And here's Brian Gorman just letting a Major League Baseball player round the bases because he didn't make a signal. Uh, this is Little League stuff, Brian. Uh, calling you out by your first name because that, that's how you know you're in trouble. <laughs> he let Stephen Biscotti get to home plate. He let him touch home plate. He let Stephen Biscotti get into the dugout before the umpires made up, met up in the middle of the diamond to talk about the call. That's ridiculous. I, even if he zoned out for a minute, he should have called a meeting before Piscotti got to home plate. I can understand like, oh, well, I was out of it for a sec, but you know, when you're like, Oh, I, what happened guys, you go about it a lot quicker than he did. He had like, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds to get to that. Uh, the replay took less time than that. It's not that hard. And all of this is made even worse by the fact that Brian Gorman is the crew chief of this crew. That is ridiculous. He's in charge of the rest of the empires and he did not care whatsoever. This is the same crew that was in charge of balls and strikes during the Astro series. And I think most of us were very displeased with that zone too. So are the A's actually bad or is it just this umpiring crew that's just a bunch of wet blankets not doing their jobs? Now I have no idea. Yeah, I thought that this team sucked, but maybe Brian Gorman is just a bad umpire. And they've had him for six games now. They're going to have him tomorrow too, or today at this point. Uh, yeah, 
it, it's not going to be great. I looked up tomorrow's umpire and it's Dan Bellino. Great name, Dan. Uh, hopefully you're a great umpire. And I looked up his stats for each pitcher who will be on the mound tomorrow. And this will be his first time seeing Jesus Luzardo, which is probably not great because you like to have a little bit of familiarity there with like how pitches come in and all that stuff. But on the flip side of that, Trevor Bauer is one and two with a 563 ERA with Bellino behind the dish too. Granted, Bauer wasn't that great of a pitcher in the three seasons that Bellino saw him, but hey, it's something. I'm holding my hat on that and the warm weather. Dan Bellino is going to screw over Trevor Bauer. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> You heard it here first on Locked On A's. Um, but yeah, that that's my little rant. It's a small rant. I, I waited a couple of hours after the game to record tonight, and uh, I'm less fired up than I thought that I would be. It's just, just go do your job. That's all that I ask. A lot of us are struggling out here to find jobs. And he's out here like, oh, I got this job. It's pretty cush. I don't need to try. And that's BS. Um, so that's that's what riles me up. Not The A's are not playing well. Would the home run have made a difference? Not necessarily. But y- you want to see the umps try a little bit. Have some passion for the game. Maybe not be wholeheartedly against the A's every turn. Uh, that'd be another fun one. But uh, yeah, that, that's all that I got for you guys rant-wise. Uh, anyways, let's go out there and manifest a win. Change whatever you've been doing these last six days and let's make it happen because the A's need all the luck they can get. So until tomorrow when I talk about the A's first one of the season because it's happening, we're manifesting it. That's what's going on. And I've also got Melissa Lockhart of The Athletic coming on the show. So be sure to tune in for that. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow. 